Welcome to another What's Current podcast from Napier, and today we're talking about all things cable. So today I'm joined by Aaron Wollstow from Doncaster Cables. Welcome, Aaron. Nice to meet you. Thank you very yeah. much. And Aaron, so just as a start off then, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and what you do at Doncaster Cables. Yeah, so I'm director at Doncaster Cables now, so one of two active directors on site. Um, but my journey started, I was at university, and I decided to have a year out from university, and I went to Doncaster Cables. Oh, travelling. Yeah, so I um, <laughs> went to Doncaster Cables, and then 16, nearly 17 years later, I'm still there. Wow. Um, so I started off in quality control, um, and every opportunity that the business gave me, I just took that with, with both hands. I love manufacturing, fell in love with manufacturing, mm-hmm. um, but went to be quality manager assistant, quality manager, spent a, a length of time as technical manager, um, and then I became works manager looking after the factory, and then director uh, two or three years ago. Wow, that's, a, that's one of those unusual journeys these days, isn't it, to start, though, be at a company that long, and, and like, you know, almost from sweeping the floors into one of the directors of the yeah, company. It, yeah, it is. It's, You've seen every aspect of the business, I presume, as well. Yeah, way, every aspect. Yeah, um, heavily, heavily technical focus, but uh, been involved in sales and the website, um, yeah. and it is something that's quite prevalent in our business, so the, the factory manager started off on one of the machines in the factory. Mm. The sales manager started off as a sales admin. The warehouse manager now was a truck driver. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of long-standing employees there, and the team have been there for a long time. Um, oh. And that, that well, opportunity for growth and improvements there. For I love that. I love that in companies because, like you say, that's unusual these days. People tend to have a two or three-year shelf life when they're somewhere else, aren't they? But <laughs> that, that's good to hear. And looking, um, I do my bit of research myself on your company as a whole. British-owned company. 40 years next year established, um, so you know, that, that in itself is, is a real good thing to have, isn't it, a British manufacturing company? Yes, we're massively proud of that. Um, mm. Next year we we'll, we'll just had a meeting with the team on site, but we're going to celebrate our 40th birthday next year. We're going to try and make a, a full year of it really, and mm. try and revisit some of the stories that we've had. I think any UK manufacturer to get to 40 years is, is huge anyway. Mm. But we've also done that when our industry has been declining. So the achievement for me is, is even more. So True. if you went back to 1980s, there were 27 UK cable manufacturers mm. with multiple sites. Now there's five or six. Really? Yeah, we're the last one left that makes the full range of general wiring products and flexible cords. Mm. Um, and whereas 90% of stuff that was installed in 1980 was made in the UK, 85% is now important, so there's only 15% left made in the UK. So the switch rounds. Yeah, massive. that's crazy. Yeah, if you think about it, like you say, it's always that cheaper import kind of stuff now seems the way to go, isn't it? You know, but as we know, cheaper isn't always best. And, and with that process then that you've seen from back to front since you've been there, tell us, I mean, don't, you don't have to go to massive detail because we'll be here for about an hour and 20 <laughs> minutes or maybe a day. Um, what, what's that processing sort of look like, that step? Is it, is it literally front to back, you know, from what you get in to producing that cable at the end? Is it literally you're involved in everything, aspects of that cable? Yeah, so, yeah, four decades now. So we started off with um, one extrusion line. We used to mm. buy in copper and compound. Yeah. We used to insulate and then sheath it. And then we've invested as far up the supply chain as we can. So we draw all our own wires. We buy an eight millimeter copper rod. Mm. We draw that down into all the wire diameters. Um, we've got a compound plant, so we make our own PVC compounds and we can 
make sure they're specially developed for each cable type and add mm. value at every stage. But um, yeah, it's a massive range. So 10 extruders, wire drawing, compounding, punctures, stranders, wire armourers, um, 300,000 square foot site, over 20 million pounds wow. worth of machinery. I've already said to you earlier, didn't I? I'm coming for a look. I need to see this process. I get fascinated by stuff like that. I remember going to Walker's Christian Leicester years ago and I was like, oh, I love this place. Potato goes in one end and a Chris comes out the other. This is the same, but an industry yeah, I know well. That, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm still there. I just fell in love with it. You get a handful, it's like the opposite of a car. So a car, yeah. you have 3,000 components and they all get plugged together. Yeah. With us, we've got a handful of raw materials and we can make 3,000 different products by how we change the ratios, the recipes yeah. and the processes. Yeah, yeah proper manufacturers. And, and some real technical stuff involved in doing that then, because like you just mentioned, you know, if you imagine those different cable types from data, coax, up to your bigger cables and your SWAs, that process is really technical, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's uh, lots of different materials. Um, You've then got cross-linked materials like the 90 degree ones where you mix in a graft and a catalyst and you're actually changing the structure of the compound. Mm. Um, so they actually get mixed and melted and the reset as a different molecular structure. Yeah. Whereas when you're doing PVC it's still a plastic and you're melting down the PVC and mm. it's then resetting as the same as it was before. Mm. Um, but then you've got all the extrusion technicalities so you've got tooling designs and how much pressure you're applying. Of course, yeah. So they're just all sorts, but yeah, it's yeah. a highly technical uh, process. Yeah, the geek in me can't wait to come and see this kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm an electrical geek. And then that, you mentioned there a little bit about, you know, that technical sort of um, expertise that goes into it. And we all know now we can buy some weird and wacky stuff off the internet. And like we've just mentioned, you know, we get these cheap products and then oh, I'll, I'll go for that cable because it seems too good to be true, which it normally is. How are, how are you making sure that you're complying with those, you know, the British standards, European norms and all the rest of it? You know, you must have to work to, you know, really good standards as a British company because yeah. you're scrutinised, aren't you, yourselves? Yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of standards in the cable. Not all, mm. not all cables are a standard, mm. um, but there's a lot of standards to comply to. And th there's just been a massive change uh, in the industry. So if you went, went back to 80s, 90s, all of those cables that have been installed were made in the UK. Mm. And the way cable companies would compete is, my cable's better than yours, mm. my cable's bigger, it's got mm. a longer lifespan, etc. Mm. And everyone was engineering the products to be better. Yeah. And then with the rise of the imports, it's like super importers sending 10 tenders out and the cheapest one wins the tender. Mm. And it drives it the other way. So everyone has gone downhill and everything's got thinner, the materials mm. have got worse. Mm. Uh, we're getting right to the minimum of the British standard, some failing, some passing, but right on the borderline of mm. passing and failing. And we just try to ignore all that. So we were set up to be the best that we could be, make the highest quality products add value at every stage that we can and we're trying to think of the end user. So Twin and Earth for example we make a specific grade of PVC just so it's as soft as it can be and it strips a lot easier when someone's just stripping that all day long so it's oh, a really okay. soft grade. Yeah. Whereas armoured are all about impact abrasion resistance and it's mm. a different grade for that. Yeah. Flexors are on show so they need to be shiny. Yeah. But it's all about just trying to add that, that value um, and it, it does come at a cost because the, the labour costs are higher over Mm. in the UK but it's adding value, reassurance in the quality of the products, uh, the longevity, the lifespan and, and the backup you can get from the team on site. So. Yeah I was going to say that you know like you said there that added value that's really important for an installer because you know my install days I remember 
the difficulty in stripping a cheaper, perhaps twin and earth, and you just or a flex that didn't quite do what it says. And you know, if you've got that, and it makes it easier, you know, for the installer to do that. That's you thinking that at the end user, isn't it? Rather than I'm just mass producing this to get it out there in the marketplace. Yes, yeah, so sticking cores is a good one. So that's probably yeah. the most common problem in the cable industry. Um, yeah. Just because of the nature of what you're doing, you're melting a plastic onto a plastic they want to stick. Mm. So we've got masses of control to reduce that as much as we can. Still happens occasionally because of the nature of what you're doing. But yeah. the, the last measure for us, it was one um, one issue, one complaint in eight million meters of cable manufactured. Wow! Um, and that's just because we got to the nth degree yeah. of testing and checking as we're making mm. the product. Yeah. And a big agenda at the moment, uh, you know, in that manufacturing process and the end user is obviously sustainability, the green agenda, carbon neutral, the rest of it. And I, you know, I had a look at your your website, you know, and, and I can see that there's lots there that you're doing for that sustainability and carbon neutral. Tell us a little bit more about some of the key highlights of what you think that that looks like for you, Doncaster Cables. Yeah, we started our uh, journey in 2012, so be before it was mainstream, probably the wrong word, before yeah. it was mainstream, if you like. Yeah. Um, and We've done significant improvements, so 100% renewable electricity on site, so that's Rego certified. We're looking at a, a small solar system as well, but 100% renewable energy in the products. Mm. Zero waste to landfill, all done by segregation in the really? factory. Yeah, so 94% of the production waste we got actually is reused, not recycled, but mm. sent for its best possible life. We segregate different waste materials, a lot of it goes into house pipe manufacturer. Mm. Um, and then we've got an enclosed water plant, we save 25 million litres of water a year. Um, we're going to be scope one and two carbon neutral by the end of this year. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Then we've got scope three to start with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have, we have made leaps and bounds really in, in our journey. And we've got a, an offer of low carbon copper. Mm. So our copper supplier, we've traded with them for over three decades now, but we have an option where we can have copper that's mined um, more sustainably with electrified renewable mines, dumper mm. trucks on overhead wires and things yeah. like that. And the CO2 embodiment in that product is then less. So that's something we've just launched with um, some OEMs who are finding that relevant mm. and something that will be available in the other products soon. Yeah, well, that's brilliant. I mean, there's so much going on there. Like you're saying, that's been done since 2012. That's before it was on everyone's radar, isn't it? Yeah. So you've already thought, hey, can we, how can we have that green agenda? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we yeah we did all all the, the lighting change and um, putting more variable speed drives in and things yeah. like that. So. so when you walk into the toilet, you have to wave. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get sit a, there in a dark room. Yeah. Ten, ten second timer and then it goes dark. <laughs> Now, we met at um, Solar and Storage Live this year, which was an absolutely fantastic event and, um, you know, really, really popular and growing each year. And it was great to talk with you and the team and meet some of your other team and obviously Sam from Over Renewables. But what was really exciting there is you had a launch, didn't you, of a particular type of cable, a little bit of a clue on the topic, people can see that, but not the EV Ultra. Tell us a little bit more about that launch and what that looks like now. Yeah, P PV Ultra was the yeah. launch. Um, the experience was phenomenal, the, the interest, the conversations, engaging with the electricians. Um, and EV Ultra and PV Ultra have been, I've really enjoyed doing it. So we've always tried to add value, but this is like adding value on steroids. Yeah, so yeah. It's really aimed for the end user, uh, quicker, neater, easier and safer install being the mm. main premise. Mm. But the, the PV Ultra one is, what is a, a simple problem that we didn't know we had is most strings now are wired with the single 
uh, DC solar cable. Mm. It's going through conduits, um, junction boxes, etc. And we're now removing the need for those conduits and the conduit work that's involved. We're encapsulating um, solar cables inside a special bedding and then a special solar tech sheathing. So you can go from inverter to um, string on the roof every single time, no need to really plumb the route. You can clip it straight to the wall with normal. Direct, yeah. Yeah, you use normal termination, uh, normal accessories. External cable. External cable. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, highly UV stabilised sheathing, so you've got the same anticipated lifespan of 25 years. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's really been a really good, a lot of interest. Really. And from that launch, which I think we talked about at the time, was about, you know selecting probably three or four or five wholesalers that were had that like exclusively, and you had it on the stand. I take it that's just gone crazy now, hasn't it? As we approach Christmas. Yeah, so that's opened up now. So yeah. to all the when we first did the launch, we um, did, had ten. 10 wholesalers. 10, was it? Yeah. Yeah, and they basically had stock at that time. So mm. if somebody wanted it straight away, we'd divert them to those yeah. 10. But we met some wholesalers at the show, and then they've taken stock profiles. So it's now readily available. Yeah. You just need to speak to an electrical wholesaler, and they're the best ones to. Yeah. Yeah, to get get that product. I mean, I just love the name of it because you're just saying it's called EV Ultra and PV Ultra. Yeah. It's like going to a wholesaler and say, "Can I have some PV Ultra?" <laughs> like, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, now. Again, we spoke a little bit earlier about me as an electrician, former electrician, I'm going to my wholesaler, I'm sort of going in there, I'm saying, right, give me some twin and earth, I've got this rewire to do, or SWA, whatever it may be. So I'll, I'll be dealing with that wholesaler for that particular product. But I think, you know, what, what sort of do you feel makes you stand out rather than that your competitors there for, from sort of selecting your kind of cable? Obviously, you've got the EV and the PV very specific for you know the installs are do, but you know what's the difference you know how do you sort of set yourselves apart with your cables from from your competitors and how do you get that message across I suppose as well yes really good question getting mm. the message across is yeah. sometimes challenging so um, we've, we've tried to do it on social media but the the main way I'd summarize it is all of our manufacturing decisions we control the whole process mm. we've got a lot of technical knowledge and experience Every single manufacturing decision is made to make the products the best it can be and mm. to help the electrician. And the alternative imported products, the manufacturing decisions are made to be as cheap as it possibly can yeah. because that's how they win the business. Yeah. It's a completely different mindset in how you actually make mm. cables. Um, the imported side will reduce materials to just the point of passing mm. and on that borderline. Mm. And then ours are designed to be the best that it can be for the electrician. So not massively oversized, but a lot some leeway in there and making yeah. it easier to terminate. Mm. But with that and just the physics of it, ours would have a longer lifespan. So cool. if you just yeah. looked at copper content, that's the best way to save money on cable. You take it right down to the bare bones, it is going to run hotter. These cables yeah. will degrade faster compared mm. to ours. So lifespan wise and ours will be a lot better. Um, but I like how the product handles, how easy it is to strip, terminate, work with the quality of the reels, for example. We could reduce the quality of our reels and put thinner tin and thinner cardboard on, not have press seams, but that then gives the, the contract electrician something sturdy to work with on site and then you that, used to, the that used to drive me mad, sorry to interrupt you, that used to drive me mad when you were on a cable reel and suddenly the thing would collapse or come yeah. off or yeah and it would just like you say, it goes over the side, 
I'm getting back to my install days now and having memories of that. So yeah. I'm glad you've said that because that makes all the difference, like you say, to install. Yeah, and, and like you say, the, the, the electrician, like, you know, for me then, if I, if I knew that back in the day, I'd be going, oh, but I want that particular brand. Even if it was a few pence more, you know, from an install point of view, you're saving that money, aren't you? Even though the product itself might be a bit more expensive. Yeah, and that's what we're really looking to get across in that message is, we're adding this value, we need to try and get people to understand it. So the real reels is just one, so all of ours, that they're made in the UK about 30 minutes away from where we are, mm -hmm. and they're all seam pressed. Another one would be um, when we make our cables, we have a conditioning period, um, which I'm not going to reveal the time, but we have a conditioning mm -hmm. period where the cables will sit on a large drum, 1.2, 1.5 metres. Mm -hmm. And when something's heated up and it cools, it has the memory. So our cable has a memory of this size. Mm -hmm. People who are going for ultimate efficiency and ultimate cost savings can wind their straight off the extruder onto a reel, okay, saving yeah. process. But yeah. well, then the memory is centre hole like that on mm. a reel. Mm. So if you ever pulled um, a reel of twin and earth out, for example, and the last 10 metres is really tight and pigtailed and quite yeah. low, that's probably why. Whereas oh, our memory sense. is yeah. the big drum that yeah. comes through. See all this thought that goes into it, no one realises, look, the thought yeah. process that goes into it, it's absolutely, absolutely mad. And also, um, you, you talked earlier um, a little bit about the added value, is obviously you've got that support mechanism. Obviously, up front that would probably come from the wholesalers or the, uh, the installer designer would know that themselves, but you have got something on your website to help with that support. Some of the basic is a, like just a cable calc helps, doesn't it? Yeah, we've got a, a basic cable calculator on there. Um, we offer a service to wholesale partners where they can ring the technical team and ask questions so we can answer questions for electricians via the wholesaler if it's mm. something that they need and if we haven't got the answer we'll, we'll try as best to find the answer yeah. um, but it's just good old fashioned British service really yeah um, which is yeah we've been missing in the world you don't have to speak to a robot or put it in a butt chat you know <laughs> yeah. you get to speak to a real you human pick up the phone someone, <laughs> someone actually cares as well oh um, I love that yeah I mean I've you know I'm, I'm a big fan and I've been impressed I, I, you know, I'm a bit of an electrical geek so I'm, I'm like looking at this new products you've got and the innovation you've got which is what I like about your company is that you're always thinking what's next as well to help the installer you know, so not only the traditional what we think twin and earth SWAs and the flexors and all the rest of it, you know, the things like the PV, the EV Ultra, that's that's just going to go on and and because the technology in those areas is moving that fast, isn't it? Yeah, you know? and it's it's nice to give that back. So to to challenge the norms and well, EV Ultra is a good example. Challenging that band one, band two, they're supposed to be segregated, and we saw yeah. a problem in the market where there was a lot of EV chargers where they weren't segregated. Mm. And the initial idea was, how do we make sure these are segregated? And then once we start researching it, it's, well, how can we actually combine them together in a safe way that actually complies with the regs still? Yeah. And that's how EV Ultra came. So we've got power and data combined, mm. um, completely new innovations, now patented. So yeah. we've got a patent on the product. No one else could nick it. Yeah, we've got BASIC approval as well. Yeah. So we actually went to BASIC with their technical committee um, so it's a departure from the regs because it hasn't got a British standard. Mm. But that departure we're making as easy as possible because BASIC, the largest mm. British cable lab, have actually done the testing and said, yeah, this is fit for purpose and offers at least the same degree of safety. Yeah, and I like the fact that you just mentioned there about standards, and uh, not only the standards that you know, the product standards that you have to comply with and you go over and above, but what, what I'm seeing in the industry at the moment, especially with sort of maybe switch gear and especially some of the renewable stuff is we're going down this road of like you know um 
innovation's great, but also are these manufacturers even thinking about a British standard or British rig? So, you know, there's noise in the industry around battery storage and, and solar PV. But you you do that at source, don't you? You think how do we how do we comply with British regulations and standards and the rest of it with our products? And sometimes there's a real excuse the pun, there's all those puns in the metric where there's a disconnect, isn't there, between those two yeah. things? Yeah, no, it's it's so important that first bit because when you're making that departure with the innovation, the onus is then on the the installer. Yeah. Um, so to make sure that bit is right, and that's the first bit on our R and D page really. Mm -hmm. But because we're based in the UK and we've got connections, um, we can speak Another to people. Thank you, connection. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we can speak to people with PV Ultra. We just ask loads of questions within stores. EV Ultra, we, we launched and then we developed it and added bits on. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to get the installers involved and get Brilliant. their feedback, yeah. and then say, right, well, I struggle with um, polarity testing was one of them because they're using two blacks. Yeah. So then. We will we'll make these Colour two different colours, yeah. and then we go to the wiring breaks and say, "Well, actually, what's the what colour colours for on a DC circuit? What's yeah. white and red? Or why is everyone using black? Oh, what's the norm?" So yeah. it just becomes a cycle where you try and solve a problem, then you go back to the regs and say, "Well, how can we make this the best it can be?" Yeah. And I love that uh, the one on the PV upshot again. I'm I'm singing its praises like I'm selling it for you, but the 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 labelling on the side of the cable. I yes. mean, it's something yes. as simple as that negates the need for everyone then going with a sticky label and running up the cable because it's already on there, warning of the DC voltage. Yeah, yeah it, it is really good stuff. So finally then, Aaron, if, if we if uh, installers and, and people listening to this, you know, so they, well, we want to target those consumers and installers at the end of the day, um, where do they go to know more about your, your products and website or just get on your website and have a look and there's some documentation that can get hold of? Yeah, the, the website's a good one. Um, mm. There's a contact number on there. If anyone wants any more information, they can ring up. And there's an option for the technical. They'll be able to get some uh, some information mm. from there. They can ask electrical wholesalers, and they can get information. Um, and something we always try and remind people of that, cable becomes a commodity item. It's the thing that interconnects everything. Course, yeah. Everyone still has a choice over the brand that they install, and they can be asked, I, don't, I want I want to have downcast cables with it or or another. Yeah, um, important point that is actually. Yeah, because people do it with other yeah. um, other equipment, fuse yeah. boxes and things like that, consumer units, and mm. specify a brand. Mm. And cable is just I'll have a roll of that. Yeah, without thinking what they're actually installing. Yeah, but yeah. there is there is a choice there, and there's a, a spectrum of the bare minimum to the value added, higher yeah. quality, more backup. So. Yeah. Yeah, if we can try and get that message across, it's, it should be worthwhile for everyone. So you heard it here first. When you go to your wholesalers, you're asking for Doncaster cables. There are other available, but this is British-made good stuff. So thanks for listening to another What's Current podcast from Napier, and hopefully we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye for now.